Everybody going? We're mm-hmm. going. Yep. Nice. All right. Welcome. I'll put I'll put the Wallace and Gromit music in here again. <laughs> Welcome to Cork Taint. Uh, what did we call it last cork time? Taint cork across taint. the pond. What it was like bleachy blot bleak. Oh, bleacher, uh, bleachy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bleacher yeah. blazers across the pond. Mm. And bleacher blazers, yeah. right, right, right. Nice. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, we had a thing for bleachers, right, didn't we? And blazers, yeah, yeah. And blazers, yeah. And circles, yeah. <laughs> and circles, yeah. yeah. I don't know if we talked about the wine. What's a circle? But uh, circle blazer, well, the guy in yeah. the, the guy in Oregon. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But what is a circle? Oh, it's just a surname, but it sounds like sucking. Yeah. <laughs> Sockle, mm-hmm. his name is Sockle Blozer, is it not? Yeah, no, that's their that's the family's name. Tom, you're yeah, gonna exactly. edit out no. the first minute and three seconds. Nah, nah, he this is all in This is I, I, this is gold. I'm honestly, not, I'm not trying to show any shade on his name, but I just, first time I saw the name, I was like, I just well, laughed. What oh, great, great I name! Think I told you guys about this that day, but uh, there's also a Oregon producer called Methven. Is that their last Methman. name? Methven. Method Man. Methven. Methven. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, Method Man. Would, that'd be even better. Uh, yeah, I, I heard the temps up in Oregon. Uh, well, we just heard it from the from the horse's mouth, but I, I read the other day that the temperatures are very high in Oregon. So is that yeah, fucking with the winemaking thing? No, it's actually being really good right now. Lots of we're getting lots of sun, and actually, it's slowing down powdery mildew, which is thank goodness because it was a really late, really wet spring. So there's been a lot of mildew pressure. Does that mean that you might get like high higher ABVs? We probably won't this year just because it's been so um, so late. But uh, in twenty one and eighteen, Lord, he's like, please, please. I want I want a six, I want a sixteen and a half like percent fifteen five. Yeah. Please, yeah. I want a sixteen and a half percent Pinot and a sixteen percent Chardonnay. Get me to the next tax bracket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, especially uh, with the right the the new duty system in the UK. I want to see eighteen oh percent going to cost like four hundred quid a bottle just in juice. <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. yeah. We'll get there. We're gonna we're gonna start doing Oregon Port. Oh yeah, Port of Pinot. Nice. What would you call it? That'd be great. Yeah, Portland. It's the yeah, perfect. Mm. There it is. Yeah, there we go. There we Man, go. now we can move on. Flawless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll do yeah. it. It'll be branded no, with uh, Portugal dream. dot the man. Oh yeah, nice. nice. What, yeah. what did you dream about, Tom? I had yeah, I had some really weird dream uh, that it was in like the context of like a like a bizarre like like a sort of a panic dream not a, like anxiety dream whatever but one funny detail that i thought you guys think would be, would be very funny was um um there was some there was like a a case of wine that i had to move or something or somebody brought over like some wine or something and like i was looking at the bottles or whatever and one of them was uh i like didn't wreck it like i saw it as yellowtail but i didn't recognize it as like the yellowtail i was like oh this this is as like the brand that i know is just like a yellowtail was the name that i was like oh okay it's yellowtail it said yellowtail right and made by Chris Ringland. Yes. And it was a Chardonnay. Yes. That was like 17% alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> I got to tell those guys yeah. about this because they love it. And it was like it was like 25 years old, wasn't it? And cost like yeah. $10 yeah. a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then, but then that, like that, I didn't find that funny in the dream. I was like, oh, oh, cool. They, they'd like this. And then whatever. Like, Tom, what is that saying? Uh, some other bunch of bullshit. What is that saying about your psyche that you're dreaming about? Seventeen percent yellowtail, made by Chris Ringland. Made by made by Chris Ringland. <laughs> yeah. uh, that I, I couldn't wait to rec- that I couldn't wait to record this Clarendon Hills episode with with you both. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, the long time in the making. I think it's been a long they time. don't. Oh no, they they do make a white wine, right? It's yeah. like a shard, but it's uh, it's 
like a some like an oxidized sort of type. Is that, that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, I found I don't know where I found it, but it was a few years ago. I found a riesling. No, I think it was riesling. Oh, riesling. Yeah, it was a riesling. It was they made a riesling? Yeah, I found it somewhere for like twenty quid, really cheap. Hmm. I called the person up. He was like, "No fucking idea if it's drinkable, but it's twenty quid." So it reflects the price. I was like, "I'm having it," and I think it was nineteen ninety seven, and uh, it was yeah. I mean, it, you know, I remember it. Because it wasn't fucked. And I, th- I was pretty damn sure it would be mm. ruined. But it was really good. It was just really, really simple. You know, nothing, nothing crazy. Just nice, nice reasoning. I, I wouldn't even know if it was reasoning when I had it. I was just like, it's Clarendon Hills. I drink it. I don't care what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a- Okay. So I'll rephrase it. What, what, what do you think it says about my psyche that I had that dream about a 17% Chardonnay from Yellow Tell Me by Chris Wrangler? Well, I think From it's my either, professional opinion. I think it's either suggesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In your professional opinion. <laughs> I think it it's probably suggesting that the rest deep. of your life is uh, is not providing su- you know, subsequent <laughs> fodder for your dreams. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's deep, I think it's very easy to interpret. You just for... want you just want a cheap um, Chardonnay made by Ringland that's eighteen percent alcohol. Yeah, because because the ones the real ones he makes are like a thousand pounds. Exactly, is... and you and you want it mm. to be well branded. Obviously, you want it to be recognisable on the shelf. Of course, and yellow. Yeah, yeah. It's called yellow or yeah, you tail. want to turn up you want to turn out to other people's barbecues yeah. and they've got like ten bottles of this stuff and you're like, Yeah, we didn't it. Like how you like how you Americans love seltzer, right? Or apparently it's like a thing, isn't it? Hard seltzer or whatever. Oh, I love sparkling called? water. Yeah. Well yeah. no, yeah. Tom, <clears throat> oh, no, Tom, Tom, is, hard Tom is the national rep for White Claw. He's their he's their master. Uh, White, White Claw, Claw, that's the one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Oh man. Yeah, my car is all detailed. You guys but, love um, that sparkling tea as well. What's that called? Uh Lover Boy and all that tea? Lot? Oh, oh lover boy. boy. Yeah, that's from your neck of the woods. Yeah, isn't it? well, that sounds deli- that sounds delicious. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> no, it's a real I'd love thing. to drink me down a tall one a of those. Sparkling alcoholic tea called Lover Boy. If no, seriously, it they make exist. it. Um, <laughs> it's from the cast of that, uh, so that Summer House show that's in uh, Montauk. None of you've heard that. The affair? What? Okay. Don't know. Uh, there's a the TV affair? show called No. It's called the Summer affair. House. Summer yeah, House. That's it. Summer House. Oh, right. New York City girls and boys can go in summer in the Hamptons, and they're based in Montauk. One of them starts a um, a hard tea called Lover Boy. Oh, so it's fictional. Oh, no, 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 it's real. It's real. What? It's oh, not okay. fictional. That's what it's, they call me. Well, it's they call me hard reality tea. TV. <laughs> Lover Boy. Sorry, hard. you can't do yeah. air quotes on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can't. Yeah. You can try that. I, oh my hey, god, so you can, this is it's a real whoa. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, I'll drink Lover Boy. Tea. <laughs> Damn, I'll drink but some Lover Boy. Safe search. I often safe do. search on for that. It's four point two percent alcohol. <laughs> And 48% hatred. Wow. Oh, this is great. Yeah. What kind of alcohol is in Loverboy Hard Tea? And it gives the ABV 4.2. Brewery, Loverboy Hard Tea, State, New York, style, malt liquor, food pairing. This malt liquor style beer is best paired with Indian, Latin American, and Pan-Asian foods. <laughs> Hold on. Does it say it's a beer? I thought it was a tea. Well, it's. Uh, I think it's just malt liquor that they put in. Put into tea. <laughs> oh, this, is, this is shady <laughs> that as fuck. delicious. This is... Well, that's all, all of those well. things in... Uh, in America, just malt liquor poured into whatever it is. Like it's like a, there is like um, there's one that's uh, it's like a beer product. Like it's not actually beer. Like it's just beer flavored, but it's too weak to be beer. Can't remember what it is. Nice. Yeah. Cause light or something. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. No. It's like it's got an average of three point nine stars, but the f- top review that like just shows up is one star. Well, yeah, it's, I was hoping it'd be funnier, but it's not. It's just someone who doesn't like it. <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting for something funny. Nice. 
Yeah, no, I, I was too, and then it, it wasn't. And I should have just not said anything about it. So, <laughs> yeah. okay, yeah, no, anyway, you were one hundred percent correct about everything about the origin of Loverboy. It's from Summerhouse. Yeah. 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 Tom, I thought you'd have known this. This is your neck of the woods, mate. No, honestly, you no got to sneak idea. on to the set of Summerhouse up in Montauk. <laughs> I yeah, do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I need to. Can you bring some Loverboy with you in your suitcase? <laughs> I can. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll uh, I'll make sure. That, you know, I was gonna put ninety eight Del Forno in there, but <sighs> instead I can put I can put Loverboy. You've made yeah, the right that decision. Much. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, all right. So this this episode is dedicated to a particular wine producer who uh, has become to you know uh, uh, you know mean a lot to me personally. Um, that I did know, not know about prior to interacting with you two. I don't know what the, I don't know what initiated it. I don't know. Like, it's the same thing with, um, you guys put me onto Musar as well, mm-hmm. that I like hadn't had, didn't really know about. I sort of heard of it, but I didn't really know about it. I didn't know nothing about Clarendon Hills before. Yeah. I don't remember what the first interaction was about it. I don't know if either of you do, but um, your like undying passion for it seemed to make me at least feel like I would have a strong opinion one way or another about it. Mm. Um, what, I don't know where you want to start. If you want to start like how you guys first found out about them or what you think about them in terms of like overall, like consistency or generally describing the wines or what do you, what, what do you think? Do you have any preference on where to start? I think, I think uh, Laurie, you've got to start it, mate. Cause I think, I think it came from you originally. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, it was, it was, um, it's quite a few years ago. I was. I think I just come across this website um, called Venorium in England, and it is a website mainly dedicated to Australian uh, wines. And I don't really know why I come across this. I found it. Maybe I was on Wine Searcher and looking for something, and I just went onto this website, and they had all this mature Australian wine, and it was it was also pretty damn cheap. Like I don't know, starting at maybe twelve, fifteen quid a bottle with like yeah. ten, fifteen years of age. And I was, um, I was, I was yeah, amazed by all this cheap Australian wine with high ABVs, uh, 10, 15 years of age, really cool, interesting names. And I just... Like Loverboy. Yeah. I, there could have been one maybe called that. Uh, it's, it's not beyond the realms of, of, of um, possibility. And, and I, think, I just I made think, an order. Yeah. It was like I 100 we, quid we, free delivery. I was just going to say, we, um, we spoke about this last time, all this um, mature... Um, relatively inexpensive Australian stuff had just hit the market at the same time. And I think the idea behind it mm. was that in the same way that you buy Bordeaux to speculate and accumulate in value, I think a lot of people uh, investment for investment purposes try to do the same with Australia and they just didn't have the demand on the other side of it. So you're left with all this stock that wouldn't shift and mm. it hit the market all at the same time. I think Venorin bought however much it was, but it was a goddamn lot. And Within that, there was stuff like Darrenberg, Wild Duck Creek, but also Clarendon Hills. Mm. Torbreck, Schubert, uh, Two Hands. Um, it was an endless list of all this stuff. And we, if we didn't, if we'd have known then back then what we what we procured all the information with, we probably would have spent thousands of pounds, gone into huge amounts of debt, <laughs> buying all this wine because we just bought it in small batches, like a hundred pounds free delivery. You could get you know six seven bottles of that, and um, and then eventually I I think I made a one delivery. I said, boys in our wine group, check out this website, old Australian high ABV filth, and everyone got everyone cracked on. 
And I think the second time round, I ordered a few. I ordered a Clarendon Hills, and I I can't remember exactly. I, I have a feeling it was a Moritz Syrah, um, 04, 05 or whatever. And um, yeah, I just you know I love the label. I was about to show the label to you guys, but we're on a podcast, and so no one can see the fucking label. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just I remember just drinking this thing and thinking, wow, this is this is amazing because the other ones I'd had from the website were just they were huge, massive, extracted, punchy, but this wasn't. This was a bit more elegant, a bit more refined, more um, beauteous than the others, which were lovely, but just they were monsters. Whereas Clarendon has, it's almost like a... They're you know, complete. It's, like you, it's complete. And it's, it's and I, previous to finding these wines, my favourite region was the Rhone, Northern Rhone, Syrah. I've always loved, Syrah is probably my favourite red uh, varietal. And uh, coming across these wines, and on the label it says Syrah, not Shiraz. Most Australian um, Syrahs are called Syrah, Shiraz. So yeah, I uh, came across it, I, I told the group, you you have to spend everything you have in your current current bank account on these Clarendon, and, uh, and that's pretty much what we did. Um, I hate to say, I think we bankrolled um, Vinorium through some pretty hard times. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how yeah. I first came to find it. Told Mister Bocking, I probably would have told him first, and then I, then we would have put it amongst the rest of the group, and um, and that was it. And I think everyone just. Yeah bought it and then went fuck me exactly and then like stuff's amazing we we tried a lot of these different wines that were on this website and you know from another couple of places as well but i think it's always been that clarendon hills has has stood out amongst all the incredible Mm. like mature australian reds that we've tried and we have tried a lot of them over the last five six seven years but it was it was just like it was clarendon hills stood out sort of part as being different unique sexy what do you think laurie Oh yeah, I mean the uh, the sexiest fucking wines I've ever had, you know. <laughs> and it's kind of the, that you know where, where people we, we spoke about this this the other day um, in the group about how people wine professionals sommeliers write off Australian wine without ever having actually tried it or knocking it because it's Australian. And you know if you've not if if you haven't tried if you're listening to this and you've not tried Clarendon Hills but you've heard it's from Australia and you go oh fuck that it's Australian I'm not drinking that then just just try it just buy a bottle because you'll be you know, infinitely um, surprised by how amazing it. Is. You shouldn't be surprised, but if you've got a really bad attitude, you will be. Solemn sense. But I think, it, but I think it's worth mentioning that we were fortunate enough to buy these at 15 years old, and I they really, really, yeah. really yeah. need it. Yeah. Um, these wines in yeah. youth um, are monsters, um, and it takes a decade and a half for them to calm down, develop all that complexity, tannins to soften, mm-hmm. everything to integrate. Um, and so, actually, yeah, I mean, we're we're just in the most fortunate position to be able to drink fully mature examples of these wines yeah absolutely and they and then totally. back when they had them on on the on in the, in the on the website they had so many they had hundreds of hundreds of each kind of you know the picket rain taken bottom moritz uh sandown brookman the shirazes the grenaches the merlots the cabernet i mean it was just like i said if we knew what we knew now back then and we had the money we, you know we would have yeah spent everything on these wines as it is we nearly did spend everything (laughs) yeah yeah I had to work a second Uh, job through uni because I spent all my student loan (laughs) respect yeah and I think like the I I totally agree and I think with the exception of maybe like the 11s that I've had because it was like a Mm. you know a cool vintage and people kind of wrote it off as like being shitty like all the other ones that I've had um need age like this is the I'm drinking an 05 uh pickout range Syrah and like it's it kind of seems like it's like just now being yep. like yep. ready to be consumed. Like it's mm-hmm. not like oh, if you like old wine, it's like no, like just 
it's really like was kind of seems like it would have been impossible to it's like when you have a like an old uh or when you when you yeah when you have like an old uh like i don't know some huge wine like whether it's cab or or zin or or movedra or whatever and you're like wow this thing is 20 years old and it's like it's still big like i can't imagine what this thing was like like with the martinelli zins i can't imagine what this thing was like 20 years ago you know what i mean like it's insane yeah um but i think in terms of consistency i don't know if if i've had a more consistent producer Mm. or wines been more consistent producer than clarendon hills like pretty much every single one i've ever had from them was just like yeah fucking like so good I think that's yeah. the other thing, yeah. The the consistency is always just is always um, you know always there. There's never rarely there is there a dip in in the vintage or but but to, but to point out, I know you guys have had um, the newer vintages. What's what's the one you're drinking, Boone? Is it a 2011? I'm drinking the 2011 um, Hickenbotham, the Cabernet okay? Sauvignon. Oh, nice. Okay, I've had yeah. the 05. It was mega. Yeah, um, this is a big old wine. <laughs> It's the big old bastard. I've never had. Yeah. I've never had. <laughs> really good though. The, old, <laughs> the, the oldest one I've had is 07, and that was a pig mm. at range, and that was that was way too young. And the oldest mm. I've had, I think, I don't know, oh, oh, oh two maybe, oh three mm. or oh two. I can't remember. Is is, um, is that so, is that eleven showing sexy maturity, or is it still kind of still a baby? Yeah, it's still got, it, it's still got some very primary stuff going on, but it's it's definitely got a composure to it. It's not all over the place or anything. It's it's just big. <laughs> it's uh yeah yeah yeah. Which I I but actually I chose like all to, of the ones. Yeah, I chose to open this one because my brother's actually he's here. Um, he's up from LA today doing a. He's cooking. Um, uh, he got a bunch of Australian wagyu beef uh, patties sent up, and so he's making these like Australian hamburgers. I was like, oh fuck, well I. I'm going to open the calves <laughs> off because that's just going to pair so goddamn well with it later. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just yeah. go f- no, for all sure. in on Great Australia. Yeah. 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 But you're right. Yeah. Like, I think it's, it's interesting. No, no, go on. I was going to say, I mean, you're right about the consistency of Clarendon Hills. Like, even the kind of entry point, and we've, we've tried across the range from Australis down to the domain Clarendon bottlings, and they are all consistently brilliant in their own way. Obviously, mm-hmm. some show mm-hmm. different characteristics to others, and but I've never had anything less than outstanding from Clarendon Hills mm-hmm. ever totally yeah 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 um at least four stars on yeah, the bookometer four yeah exactly exactly <laughs> sometimes maybe it now with four stars. Yeah. and maybe now is the time or later on we can we can bring into the world the idea of the bookometer and make it a bigger thing turn it get rid of rp scores let's use bookometer yeah <laughs> chances robinson's 20 at, out of 20 which is only really like i think f- 14 is the like it's really only 14 to 20 well 14 to like 19 and a half because she's never given a 20 as far as i know i can only she doesn't give anything below a 14 yeah i can't really justify the bocometer in anything other than my head so it's not going to come across as (laughs) you know particularly coherent i mean that's that is wine reviewing you're going to become an institution yeah yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. feel like that's the the wine you were dreaming about tom that's that is a 20 that's a jancis robinson 20 that's yeah. a Jancis Robinson yeah. 20. I think, yeah, she would definitely give an 18% <laughs> Chris Ringland Yellowtail Collaboration Chardonnay a 20. It's just, the review is yeah, just, for sure. fuck me everything I ever thought was wrong. This shit slaps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, even if it was 20, 20% ABV, she would not write 20. She wouldn't even like put two and a zero anywhere near each other in the review. Yeah. She'd be like, this is an, this is an abomination. <laughs> 
Yeah, she's she's English. <laughs> chances. <clears throat> she's English. Yeah. They're, they're yeah, a little yeah. bit more reserved, strained. Yeah. So <laughs> the, just uh, googling that right now. Yeah. So I'll, she's nice. ever given away. What I was just gonna I was gonna start talking about was the um they're different like you know they make Cab Syrah, mm. Grenache, Merlot. Yeah. Apparently Riesling, and I think you sent me a picture of a Mataro. That they, it was like some Instagram post or something. Oh shit! Somebody posted shit, no, you're a right. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah absolutely. That? I did, yeah. And I think I, ago, yeah. I think I messaged um, them on. I, I probably, I, I have messaged them a few times over over the years about stuff. Their Instagram account. I've sent them a few things, and um, I often reap. I'll often post my wines, and it's only really Clarendon. And I, you know, if mm-hmm. I get a re, if I get a repost from them, it's like I've I've just had a conversation with God or something. Um, <laughs> Disclaimer, though, I'm not religious, but yeah. Um, it's, oh, God. It's what you'd imagine. Oh, yeah. oh God. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I've completely lost my train of thought. But, yeah, I did. Yes, that's right. I saw a picture of a Mataro, and then I messaged them saying, what the fuck? I've never seen this before. Where is it from? When did you release it? And how can I get some? And they said it was right. a very small release and probably much like your Ridge stuff in the US, you know, we see very little yeah. of it. Hmm. So, so it's probably similar to that, and um, yeah, I've never been, I've never, never found it, which is really interesting. I didn't know they did Muvedra. It's very, yeah. you know, I, I'd never even read about it in their, in their, on their websites or anything. Yeah, maybe it's a little experiment. Nice. Yeah, I think. Um, so yeah, so the the Syrahs, Grenaches, Cabs, and Merlots, pretty much. I think the Syrahs are. I mean, I think, and and when, when all of them are young, strangely enough, I haven't had any young Merlot, but like the Cabs, Grenaches, and Syrahs. For me, they're kind of like hard to distinguish from each other. Like when they're absolutely like, if you were to get like twenty eighteens or something right now, or like infants, it, it it's just they're so huge, it's hard to figure anything out. But with age, obviously, they they diverge a lot, and I think the Syrahs are somewhere between like they're you know I think a lot of they have a lot of like Northern Rhone characteristics, mm. um, but I don't get to drink enough like Northern Rhone, like Cornas or Cote Roti or Hermitage or whatever to have a very fluent understanding of those wines. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I would imagine it's it's like those, but with a little more of like a like a warmer climate mm. thing to it, but with the same balance and touch. Yeah. I think the yeah. Grenaches, especially with age, are very similar to very good Chateauneuf de Pop. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, and as somebody who drinks the, a lot of that, I can <laughs> absolutely attest to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'd love to do a bit of I a blind the, tasting of some top Chateauneuf and mature kind of, and even like the, I've tried both recently, the Onca Paringa and the um, Blue at Springs, and they're just so different with age. Um, I'd love to try them up against some, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Clos Saint-Jean or something, you know, it'd be great. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think the, I think the cabs are sim- more similar to like very good California stuff than they are to Bordeaux. Yeah. Um, and the Merlots, I've only had one and it was like really old, so I can't really say. How old was the much about that? It was um, I think I have the bottle somewhere. It was um, like a ninety-five or something. <clears throat> really? Wow, 90, that, that, that's... ninety something. Because he he started um, um, he started making wine in nineteen ninety. Oh really? Oh, and by and by and by and by him, I should maybe give him <laughs> give him his name because he's he's made some great wine. Apologies if you're listening, Roman, but it's, I don't know if I can pronounce your surname. His name is Roman Bratasuk. Oh, Bretta Swook, Swook, I'm sure. Oh, wow, yeah, 95 Clarendon. It's a 95 Merlot, Clarendon Merlot, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so he started in 19, so, 1990. And the first wines oh, he made were from the Astralis Vineyard. But they weren't labeled, oh, yeah, they yeah. Weren't labeled Astralis until 96, 95, 96. They started, that's when they started labeling it as Astralis. And they then started to expand and 
uh, I, and then maybe have little parcels like they do in Burgundy or the same vineyards like Blewett Springs and, and Pigger. Everyone has a bit of a, I think there's a few other winemakers who have part of those vineyards. So he just has a section. I think, I don't know mm. exactly. Yeah, so I think, I mean, for example, like Blewett Springs is a sub-region of McLaren Vale and then Romas is a single vineyard within Blewett Springs is my understanding. Yes. Oh, okay. That, yeah, that's it, yeah. That You're makes right. sense. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like Burgundy. That's interesting. Yeah, Because I wondered, yeah. there there is, because there's like Hickambotham... Mm-hmm. vineyards right and then they make a clarendon cab and then clarendon makes a hickenbotham cab yeah so i always wonder like is clarendon buying fruit from hickenbotham and then hickenbotham is buying fruit from clarendon or are they like two separate vineyards and they each own property within each of those you know i don't know it, but, i don't uh, know either i don't know but sometimes just trying to figure thing. out the um trying to figure out the clarendon hills hierarchy is uh, not a simple operation oh yeah yeah but yeah, would you guys agree with those sort of comparisons, like what their what their Syrahs are like relative to other places and what they're sort of analogous to? Yeah, I, I think that they're definitely, that. Oh. yeah. Sorry, go on. Oh, I was just going to say that the, I was going to agree with the California comment about the cab. It strikes me as much more Californian than, uh, what's the other place that you, Bordeaux, God. Bordeaux? Yeah, you know, that, <laughs> that place where they make wine. Yeah. Yeah. If anything... And I, I'm actually now I'm thinking about it. It might remind me more of like like uh like Tuscan cap mm. than like California, like that warmer that warmer uh type of cab, but not like I don't know. I feel like Napa cab has like uh, at least now definitely it'll have that like diacetyl like the butteriness mm. in there, and it'll have you can taste like sort of like raisinated fruit kind of like that super like hot hot weather. But the Clarendon cabs don't come off crosses like hot. They come across as like it, it's from a cooler site, hmm. um, but I don't know. But in terms of like the that the degree to which the fruit is ripe mm-hmm. and the mix up with the savory flavors when they're young, I think a lot of Italian wines and Tuscan cabs have that like savory sun dried tomato like mm-hmm. f- savoriness baked into the fruit kind. Yeah, of. I mean my, my experiences the... with um with mostly with the the Syrahs and the in the Grenache, but I would never say that they came across as kind of French in, in style, really, they, they, they're very much, even though I've just said, I'd compare them to Chateauneuf, they do, they're, they're very much Australian. Um, but mm-hmm. I like that kind of, the, the balance of the fruit is, is right, but it's never overdone. It doesn't ever overstep the mark. Sometimes it creeps up close, but it never, never crosses the line. And that I really, really love. Yeah, absolutely. I think like people, sometimes people will, I mean, Psalms especially, but they'll say Fucking like, oh, that wine's like too big. You know, the worst, right? But it's it's like if a piece of music is mixed really well, then like nothing stands out, nothing's sort of out of place. And you can increase the volume on the music more and more and more. And it doesn't feel that loud, you know, because it's not like, oh, the treble in here is like really hurting my ears or whatever. Like it just feels like it's more like engulfing. And I feel like that's how the Clarendon wines sort of are. A lot of them are like so perfectly balanced that it's like, yeah, that's like such a saturating, um, like, flavor and the intensity is wild yeah. on it mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel heavy you know it, do, it doesn't like it's not fighting your palate it doesn't feel like work you know it doesn't feel like you need something else to can we do a know, um like uh lighten the load a quick survey because i'm testing a theory mm-hmm. here so we for all our talk about massively alcoholic boozy australian reds i think clarendon hills is always 14 percent or under i don't think it ever hits 15 what can you i've got 14 and a half on the romas Oh five. What they're always mean? they're all all forty half percent. So they never they yeah. never fourteen half percent. There's clearly over. yeah. There's clearly. And I think a, a they might that... have 
they might have hit fourteen percent in the younger vintages, in the, in the older vintages in the nineties, maybe. Yeah, maybe. What's what's the Merlot? Merlot's Merlot's the ones I've had are four and a half. 14. 14. 14. There you go. Oh, there we go. There we go. Yeah, yeah I don't... So, yeah, sounds like about 14, 14 and a half. Yeah. I don't think they've ever reached 15. And that would kind of go against Roman's eth- um, ethos or philosophy, where he wanted all these varietals to be very... Uh, harmonious. Kind of in harmonious with where they were originally kind of coming from, as you like. So Bordeaux, Rome. French, really. Although... Although he, although he wanted all his wines to be like they were from France, <laughs> we, we, we're saying something like his Bordeaux, like Californian. Um, but I had the 05 Hickenbottom a few years ago, and it, that, that was very much Bordeaux-y for me. Mm. And it had a lot of kind yeah. of pencil lead, had a lot of graphite, some pyrazines mm. in there, which... Yeah, not, yeah. Not the biggest fan of pyrazines, but yeah, they were there. Totally. But they're very plush. I think, yeah, definitely. This is, this is all within the context of like these wines being Australian, but I think a lot of people don't. Definitely in the U.S. It might be less so in the, in, the, in, in the U.K. in general. But, like, I think at least here people don't really have an understanding of, like, what Australian wines are like. Like, they just think it's, like, Yellowtail or they think it's, like, the prison or not uh, 19 Crimes or whatever. Like, they yeah, think yeah. it's, like, that shit, right? Yeah. Um. So then you can say the only thing you really have to do is say, like, it tastes like a riper version of this thing. But if you say, like... Oh, it's like, imagine an Australian version of, imagine like Bordeaux made in Australia, or imagine like Cote Roti made in Australia, or in a cool site in Australia, or whatever. Um, so I agree with you that it definitely, like, the wines definitely come across as Australian, but like true to the sense of place and to the terroir and all that type of stuff. So I think it's a good, it's a good distinction to, or, you know, point to make. Yeah. What your, uh, your comment about uh, the cab being like Italian cab or Tuscan cab. Oh, yeah. The... I think one of the reasons I, it just doesn't feel quite as Bordeaux-esque to me is that it is compelling and approachable. Like, I, I don't think I've had mm. an 11-year-old Bordeaux that I was like, ooh, this is fun. <laughs> just yeah. like, oh, my God. Yeah. What's going on? But, yeah, but Bordeaux uh, is not fun, is it? Bordeaux is not supposed <laughs> to be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That might be the That's single best point. observation made on this podcast so far. <laughs> like, in the history of everything oh yeah. god yeah it's yeah. not supposed yeah. to be fun and that's what's no. li- nice about this is like it's 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 mature and it's intelligent and it's like contemplative but it's still just fundamentally fun it's just yeah. it's it's got a huge amount of personality uh, yeah personality it's not exi- like hugely playful but it is like um yeah it, it feels like it has been playful lately <laughs> <laughs> Feels like it's it's just walked in with That's like a healthy funny. sweat. It's just like oh, been off. Yeah. Oh, you nearly Is caught me off guard there. <laughs> yeah. When when did you um when did you open it? How, did you not open it for a while? Did you let it breathe or did you cork? I just popped the cork and I was and I'm gonna have to uh, remember to take notes later because I want to have it open until um this evening. Uh, so I was gonna try it right out of the bottle and then just the one glass that I've poured is like evolved immensely and. And let the rest of the bottle, yeah, hang around for the day and do the the in bottle decant. Is it as open as your uh, your vest your 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 wife beater top? It, no, no, oh. it's uh, <laughs> it's we're trying to get there. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of my uh, most but, revealing articles uh, of clothing. I'm just kidding. I, I think you should wear it. I think you should, I think you should. I think wear it all the time. Uh, it's def- definitely been a. It's definitely been a welcome distraction. Me <laughs> doing this podcast. <laughs> just in the middle of saying something very thoughtful about Australian wine, I'm just over here shimmying. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Oh man. No. Yeah. These wines are definitely not the. Uh, ooh, like I'll I'll pop the cork, but like I don't want to double decant because it's like it'll be too fragile and it'll like all fall apart. 
Mm. You know, like, no, no just yeah. like yeah. do whatever the fuck you want to these things. Yeah, yeah. Like they're, yeah. Yeah. you know, <laughs> they're, they're tough, man. The, um, yeah. Yeah. So do we want to, would, do you want to talk about what they're, they're drinking? Cause I don't even know. Have we even mentioned? Well, no, funny like to, enough. Don't, I don't think I have yet. Well, Tom's, Tom, you're drinking a 2005 Pig at Range and I'm drinking the same wine. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, which is very cool. To see what your, your, your So is, mm-hmm. is Pickett Range the one below Astralis? Help me out here. I think so. I have some information. Ah, here's something oh, I prepared nice. earlier. Somebody yeah, so yeah, prepared. Literally, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, Blue Peter. Um, so uh, let me read it. The Pickett Range is, um, this is another hillside vineyard planted in the 60s adjacent to the Onkaparinga Valley. Onkaparinga is another Grenache and Syrah they do. Um, the, uh, it's solid rock and shale. Uh, the vines have to work very hard to survive. They're also dry grown in Clarendon. Um, it's a natural amphitheater, Pigot. Um, doesn't really say much else. They're ungrafted vines. Oh, someone says the oh, it's vine age planted in the sixties. Oh, okay, for Pigot. Yeah, um, that's like one of their younger vineyards. I feel like like the Romas, uh, the Grenache. Those vines are like yeah, the Grenache so the ro- vines. The Grenache, the Grenache vines are older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, were planted in the forties. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. But that's not even that old uh, for Australia. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I was, I was telling somebody how like uh, I think it was Assam because I was like trying to make the case for Australian wines, and I was like, all right, yeah, you know how there's like old vines in like Burgundy, right? And like, yeah, I'm like how they get to like the vines get to like forty years old and they like rip them out because the yield is too low and they got to replant them. I'm like, Australia has like m- multiple categories of old vines mm. because the, some of the vines are so old. Like, what is it? There's like it's like old vine is like over like 60 or something and then there's like it's like ancient or like heritage and yeah yeah the heritage yeah i don't really i don't know the classification i know what you mean but i don't know what the distinctions are you know but i know that you know it's like yeah like 100 or 150 it's like it's it's insane yeah it's absolutely ridiculous but but you know no australia can't make fine wine in like the terroir no 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 (laughs) like there's no there's no terroir in australia don't be silly no there's none no no terroir just dirt (laughs) yeah it's yeah. just just a dirty place where they make dirty wines. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a buck. What about you? What are you? What are you drinking? So I've got the 2005 uh, Roma Grenache, um, which I think now they've aligned it with Australis as the kind of top of the tree, um, iconic yeah. Yeah, icon mm-hmm. wine. Um, but at the time, it was the top of their Grenache range and a single vineyard, um, 1940s vines. Um, and uh, yeah, I've not not tried this before. Um, tried pretty much all the other Grenaches, and it's pretty amazing actually oh you never had romus at all never tried romus until about an hour ago oh cool and uh, how, how did you um how did you get that bottle of romans oh i wondered if you'd ask that i got it from you didn't i laurie <laughs> that's a right very th- happy a very thoughtful happy fucking gift. birthday <laughs> yes happy fucking birthday um but it's it's a very different pro- proposition to some of the some of the others like having tried the blue springs and the onkaparinga recently they were both more kind of upfront. In, you know, immediately kind of sexy, giving, lush. This is tighter, younger, and more restrained. There's that higher it. acidity, and it's taken a little more time to come out. Um, but it's it's just yeah. starting to show really, really well. Um, how are you? Yeah. How are you, boys, with the with the two Piggott ranges? I'm interested to see if your notes kind of align. I've just been making some notes whilst I've been drinking it. Um, Does it just say Boone looks sexy? <laughs> I think I've actually just made a little, like, I've just drawn a little picture of him in his vest, and those, those, <laughs> those, those are basically my tasting notes. So, yeah, what can I say? 
Um, I put down like it, it's quite minty. There's a bit of truffle. There's lots of dark fruits. There's smoked game. There's some coffee and espresso. Um, it's quite. I feel. I feel it's quite restrained. And um, because I wanted to, because I've never. I don't think I've ever had a Clarendon Syrah alongside another Clarendon Syrah, such as I like to keep them and not drink too many of them. I've opened a 2003 Moritz Syrah, and that hasn't been open as long, and that is showing in a very different way a lot more like it's pants around the ankle sexy <laughs> time to slap mum on the ass and um suck on her titties kind of job whereas whereas the whereas whereas the pigger is a lot more a lot more serious like it's it's i think uh, i think tom said earlier it's 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 very very young and it could last a long long time and whilst it's delicious it just hasn't got the hedonistic element that the other series i've had have and the more it's you just smell it and it's just like you're a filthy dirty animal whereas the the pigger is a bit more like it's, it's more grown up yeah it's yeah. more grown up it's yeah. more serious oh. and probably i'd say even though it's silly after 17 years probably needs another seven years i don't know but it's yeah. different the different styles here that's why i opened it up just to just to see because i've I haven't had much of the pigger where i've had lots of the others the hickenbottom the leandra Onkaparinga, Moritz, and there's a Brookman and a Sandown. I mean, shit. How many do they make? Crazy. <laughs> yeah. what, are you, what are you getting no, to? The, yeah, a, a lot of the same things. Um, not like black. Like uh, one thing I, I like, I love about the Clarendon wines is I always get. It's not like like black olive. Like you go to a store buy a can of black olives, or whatever. It's like really meaty, beautiful, like cured black olives. Like the soup ones that just taste like you just like you were sous eating a piece of meat and you like cut open the bag and you have all the juices in there. Like those types of like those types of like olives. But also actually that's a pretty good tasting note that I'm going to start using on stuff. But it has that uh, like the pan juices type type of thing with herbs. A bunch of herbs. Um, yeah, lots of meat, uh, like leather. The fruit's not like the really the first thing that leaps out, but um, it has like a yeah, like a like a blackberry or like a a black cherry type of like liqueur, mm. yeah. um, or like a um, it's like a creme de cassis kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, or like a like a like a gastrique almost because it definitely has that like the bit of the um, like I had a wine recently that it was a burgundy that had the the type of the type of red fruited hana was like the um, it was like raspberry sorbet where it, you know like when you have a raspberry sorbet with like some lemon in it or whatever the raspberry like hits you in that like assertive type of way mm -hmm. the fruit does that's kind of how this is with that like richer fruit on the nose so it's mm -hmm. not just like it's like a big fat like juicy plum or whatever but mm -hmm. it's like that if the if the smell of it had the potency of like something more acidic if that makes any sense yeah, yeah, yeah. um but yeah it comes across as very you're right very like kind of like more sophisticated but as not to imply like a bordeaux type of like stuffy new oak usage or whatever no not at all not um, at all but yeah, like no oak comes across on this at all, but I'm sure he probably uses like the 100% new French oak or something. You know, like it, it's the type of winemaking where you're like, how does he fucking do that? But it's, good like, it's just, you just grow the fruit. Well, yeah. But, um, what do you do? yeah, no, the wine's really good. And I agree. It's not as like slutty as some of the other, uh, Syrahs are, you know? No, it's not. It's, it's like the grown up version, the adult version. Yeah. It kind yeah, it like kind of sounds like that. Like a... It might just be that it's still probably a little bit too young. Definitely. Like, like, definitely, yeah. like think, that Astralis yeah. we had, Laurie. Like that was probably still too young. Very much. Well, I, I mean, uh, yeah, I think it was too young, but I also think it may be a dodgy bottle. So if you're listening, Clarendon, um, Tom will give you his post. <laughs> Tom, Tom will give you a postal address, and can you send one over? Because we were upset about oh. that. But yeah, it was. Yeah, the Astralis was. Yeah, it was too young. So maybe that maybe that's how these things work. I don't know. You know, mm. I don't On know. On the palate, the, the fruit comes across more. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. On the nose, it's very restrained, very kind of yeah. sa- savory and gamey. But yeah. on, on the palate, you do get the um, very dark fruits. Yeah. Very dark. Fruits. Yeah, and I don't know how I didn't how I didn't mention this, but the texture on these wines, like oh yeah, the texture. It's so good. Like it's so good. So like it it has a really like fascinating mixture of because typically with like with certain wines you'll get where you're like oh this has like fine green tannins right like or this has coarse tannins whatever i feel like all the clarendon wines have like a a complexity of tannic structure to them where they have really smooth fine green tannins in a pretty bold way like you would want from like a like a top bordeaux or something but then they also have a bit of a grippy Mm. oh yeah type of thing and like in in multiple sort of tiers and layers so you're like well this doesn't come across as like super super tannic i wonder if it has a lot of life left and then Mm. like once the um, once the, the flavors sort of dissipate a little bit in your mouth, you feel this like background hum of these tannins that just still are all over your mouth. And you're like, oh shit, like, wow. All right, that, that's got a lot of life left. It's like the texture of uh, when you're on a beach and it's like really small stone. It's not a sand beach, it's like a pebble beach, but they're really like that kind of rock is the what the tannins of this are making me think of. Mm. Yeah, yeah, very like fine. Like the rocks are like smooth. Yeah, where you go like hunting for agates, you know? Yeah, this is an Oregon beach thing. I don't know. Hunting for what? Agates. Agates? Yeah. Little, uh, little sort of. Uh... I'll tell you, that's not a thing in London. No. For any of our English listeners, what the hell are agates? It's a form of quartz. It's just multiple oh, okay. colors, but the common one is sort of a hmm. sort of a gold beige. And there are lots of beautiful beaches in Oregon where uh, the the just the beach is just small rocks. They're like tide pools and stuff. It's very pretty. Yeah, it's pretty, a, it's. Yeah. I'm complimenting this wine, but I guess I I should have thought of something more uh, more culturally relevant. <laughs> I'd like to see the beautiful beaches of Oregon, but yeah, I bet there's I no. Beauty- I think I think we're learning something. This is part wine, part travel. I mean, it's it's all right. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'd imagine the most beautiful beach in Oregon is the one you're on, laying in that fucking beach. <laughs> Christ, you let me know when you're on it, and I'm coming over. All right, I'll, I'll tell you that much. That was. I mean, I've got stuff to do around here today, but I was—I got lost on my way to the coast the other day. I was telling Tom about this. I was trying to go to some hike and wound up just just lost in the woods. Are there some... bears in the woods around Oregon? Uh, yeah, there are. In fact, yeah, little ones though. They're cute. They've got their hands stuck in honey jars. It's fine. Yeah, they'll just give your ankles a bit of a nip. You'll be fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Do you tussle yep. with them often? <laughs> Only when I'm wearing this. <laughs> oh yeah, nice. Yeah. I think you saw you wearing that. That'd be fucking. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. I mean, you have you have to fight a bear like this. Hey, with that, come on. With that outfit, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, boy, yeah, yeah. No, I was I was lost yeah. up some logging roads yeah. with uh, the the roads had a very unpleasant tannic structure. There's just gravel the size of like nice driving over gravel the size of my head. It's not good. Oh, you oh you were driving so, walking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was going to try and find this hike and then just got lost. Do you take any weaponry with you in case of the bear or do you have like a bear spray or a... He doesn't need any weapons. Look at him. He's a machine. He's a weapon. He's a walking weapon. (laughs) You just jump out on your vest and go, Pugilism, old boy. Do you want to fight me? (laughs) Yeah, just going out in the woods being like, I don't know how this day is going to go, but I'm going to fight a bear. (laughs) That's yeah. You'll probably get one looking like that. (laughs) Yeah. I think if you went to Castro Street, they'd say you're the bear. the bear. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yep. Oh man. Yep. Baco, what's uh, what's your what's your Grenache like? Um, well, it's it's superb. I think this is um, definitely the the most floral um, Grenache I've had from Clarendon. There's just like bags of this sort of 
rose petal, almost like a kind of. It reminds me a little bit of like Earl Grey tea, like that bergamot kind of smell. Oh, and that's really yeah, that's really that. special. Don't get that on. Um, don't get that mm-hmm. on Grenache much. Um, but I, I do sense, no. and the acidity is still pretty perky. That's right, perky. Um, that it's probably again not quite at peak. It's still quite primary, like it's quite sort of tart red cherry. Um, there's plenty of sort of herbs and um, kind of a little bit of earth, but it's still very much that kind of floral character and that cherry coming to the fore. But it is, it's not a hedonistic, sexy wine like the Blue Springs is, but it, it's a little bit more, you know, a little bit more meditative, you know, a little bit more, bit more serious, like your Piggott range, I think. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's, it's absolutely outstanding, absolutely outstanding. And the finish is just oh, so long, it's just lingering there like a fine perfume. Just want to wear it on my wrists. Mm. How many stars on the bulkometer? Well, that's a good question, isn't it? It's a good question. Now, the bulkometer is a, a fickle beast. You know, one moment it can, <laughs> well, it can shove you into the limelight, and then it will bring you back down to earth. But I think for me, this goes four and a half, four and a half on the bulkometer. Yeah, that was my guess. Four and a half. And I, and I, I had, I had this um, last year or eighteen months ago, and I, I also thought it was, it was, it was, it was young. It wasn't showing itself fully like um, the other the other Grenaches do. So I wonder if like the Piggott and the the Romans are just God knows what they taste like when they're yeah. when they're young. I mean maybe they have maybe there's a certain like when they're young they're amazing and then they shut down and then they need time. But, but um, what a, what, a, what a testament to the winemaking skills of Roro Roman um, that these wines <laughs> need that these wines <laughs> need twenty years, fifteen twenty years to to show their best. It's incredible, really. Yeah. And from Australia, but, but, but Australia, mean, Australian wines don't age. They, Australian wines don't age. We all know that. <laughs> no. Ridiculous. Garbage. Yep. Yeah, rub, rubbish. No. Terrible. Nah. Give me a glass of Chris, Chris Ringland Yellowtail any day. <laughs> any day. Any day. Actually, thinking about it, I've probably spent more of my hard-earned cash on Australian wine than any other country's wine, I'd imagine. All the, all the, all the Shiraz we got from Vinorium. Good grief. Yeah. I think I went... I think I went through my um, my order my order order review once, and I was just like going, "I don't even remember having that much money available to me. Where, where did I have that I with this?" Unbelievable. I could have um, yeah. uh, been rich. But I mean, I. Uh, but would you? But wouldn't want to be rich. I'm but rich. Instead, I've just been I'm rich, happy. I'm rich. No. Yeah. I'm rich with knowledge and experience, exactly. and I've been happy. Yeah, that's you're, what you're yeah. rich. Would you rather rich be happiness? rich? Yeah. yeah, rich and not have Clarendon, or not be rich and have just had just I don't know. I was going to say gallons, but that's it's way more than that. Like <laughs> hectoliters of Clarendon. Hell yeah. Oceans. Yeah. 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 Oceans. Yeah. 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 Wow. It's cool. I normally do pretty small pours for wines just so I can like, especially old wines, so I can like, you know, analyze them a bit. But I just poured myself like, like a pretty, a pretty decent sized glass. I mean, th- these, these glasses are misleading because you can fit a whole bottle of wine in here, but like a pretty decent sized glass of it. And, and just so you guys know, those aren't even it's Tom's like jumping biggest into glasses. A pool. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but it's like like shoving your face in a, a nice big glass of Clarendon is really like just jumping into like a pool of just a pool of sex. It's like it's, <laughs> pool of sex. A pool of sex. It is. Yeah. It's just. I don't know what that I looks mean, like, I, but I'm, I'm there. Please show me. You gotta get real lubed up for that to be safe. <sighs> a big tub of KY. So good. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the gradient between. Yeah. Where... Boom. What's your What's your I mean, can I just say, I, I just love Australian wine. Australian wine is so fucking good. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. I'll tell you a little story. So I grew up, um, we used to go down to the southwest of France every year, and down there is Madurons, Cahors, it, brutally tannic, very dry, unfriendly wines. Um, and I, I, didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't get into wine. I didn't enjoy them. They were tough. They were unfriendly. And then 
<laughs> and then my uh, ex-father-in-law gave me a glass of something from Australia. It's, it's probably Wolf Blash Yellow Label Shiraz, whatever. And I remember it as clear as day, having a little stiff and going, holy shit, wine can smell and taste good. It can taste pleasurable. It can be enjoyable. And to be honest, I've been fucked ever since. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great, uh, it's a great point. I think that's one. Was that the first time you ever had Australian wine? It was the first time uh, that I'd had Australian wine and really noticed the difference between that and the old shit that my dad was pouring. Yeah, now, of course, of course, him. perversely, I now love all that old shit, but, uh, you know, that's... You love the old shit. Of course I do. But I also love this old shit as well. It's been a lot of, uh, just from, yeah. The, yeah. from the dream analysis through to all the, like, comparisons to sex, this has been a very Freudian slash Jungian episode. It has. I've been doing a lot of... Uh, yeah. Not a dream. Yeah, when Tom mentioned his when, when Tom mentioned his dream, I, I I've had quite a few wine dreams about um, finding like really high ABV uh, wines. <laughs> like wait, I, I think I drink. I think I found you you jog my memory. I think I dreamt of a twenty percent. Not to outdo your dream. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, yeah. But there was like a there was like a thing because we can... often have chats about you know finding the highest ABV wine. Who can dream of the biggest I, 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 like, Not to top your dream, but it was a. Uh... It was a Chris Ringland and Shav collaboration, actually. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, oh, man, I'd love to see that. That would be amazing. <laughs> Can you imagine? Two completely opposed kind of styles of winemaking. Yeah, love, yeah. Like a Jiro Dreams of Sushi-style documentary, but it's just uh, Tom Dreams of Wine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. precisely. Like taking Jiro to SeaWorld. Yeah. <laughs> That would be funny. Like you take you take Jiro to like an aquarium, and he's like, "What? Like this is this is the shit I've been I've been killing and like serving people for years. Like these are they're so cute. Like I can't do this anymore." No, I've got it. You take Jiro to a, do this. You take Jiro to a fish and chip shop in of London. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't be happy about it. <laughs> do you put you put vinegar on your chips? Is that what you yeah, do? yeah, 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 yeah. Like of course. Ketchup? Yeah, vinegar. Oh, yeah, yeah, vinegar. Yeah. Jesus. They take a lovely bit of a lovely bit of cod or haddock or place, whatever, and mm-hmm. they just shove it in batter. You know, it tastes incredible. No, I mean like you personally. What personally, you personally um, like. a bit of salt and vinegar, but I like... He does not speak for the people of the UK. Are you a purist? Purist. No mayonnaise? <laughs> you can't have yeah. ma- he's, not, he's not Belgian. You can't have mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's okay. And I douse, I douse the fish in lemon. But that's just your private life, isn't it? <laughs> Fair enough. Entirely sure what that would mean, but... It does. It sounds painful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, lemon's not lube, so yeah, yeah. lemon's not lube. It's, uh, <laughs> life advice, we all. Boom. What's your buy. what's your what's your cab like? It's got this aside great... from whatever agates are. Mm-hmm. Aside from whatever agates <laughs> are, <laughs> it's got a really lovely, um, like rich sweet tobacco tone to it. Like very subtle. Nice. Like it's not overpowering at all. And the fruit is yeah. It's very. Uh, it's very much like cassis. It's got. Like meat, like a little bit of, um, like a little bit of black cherry, and then uh, what you were saying about that like, sort of refined black olive character, not the just like opening a jar of black olives, but like, um, yeah, it's really like dried black olives. Mm-hmm. Graphite uh, has been kind of there the whole time. The pyrazines have sort of started to come through more as I've had it open, so they're becoming a little bit more, uh, more present, but. It's been. How do you feel about that? Hmm? They're actually working. How do you feel about those pyrazines? They're balanced in this better than I normally like. Let's say we're talking about um, like younger Bordeaux or Bordeaux that's not like you know for 
for wine that's only 11 years old, this is very well <laughs> composed. But not normally a thing I get to say. Drinking four-year-old Pinot Noir all the time. <laughs> no, this is just like, it's it's something that, like, I'm excited to have it with food, but it's so well composed and complete on its own. I'm just, mm. just like, but it doesn't have the, it's not, it doesn't have the jammy, like, um, it's not quite got the jammy glycerol-y thing of like a Napa cab. It's not as like, you know, juice, juice driven. But the, uh, yeah, it feels like the, um, like the pyrazines are sort of knitted to the tannic structure in a very cohesive way. They're doing something coherent together. Like a cross-stitch. I get the impression that I would struggle with the the Clarendon Hill cabs. I've never actually had one, but just because they are cabs, there's something about a cab I find it can never be as exciting as a Syrah or a Grenache. I don't know. Even from a master like Roro, you know, I still think that, I don't know. And what you're saying doesn't, doesn't, Sorry. Wait till you open your 98 Mouton. No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking specifically <laughs> like a single varietal cab from Australia, you know. Yeah, have you ever had like Napa cab or anything? Yeah, yeah. Like, wow, absolutely. this is really yeah, I've special had, shit. I've had some very, very well, good Napa cabs for sure, but nothing yeah, like... We had Montebello, didn't we? Like... Yeah, we did. And it was outstanding. It was amazing. But Fucking I think... Monster, I just... my word. <laughs> yeah, but I think you can write the tasting note on it now. You know, it's predictable. I think that's the word. Mm. I think that's what it is. It's predictable. Mm. You felt the Montebello yeah, was true. predictable. Obviously, not all Cabernets are predictable, and obviously that was amazing. But it, you still, it still has much the same kind of, you know, if you were writing the tasting note, much the same characteristics as any other major Cabernet. It just did it in a very sexy way. That, um, yeah, that is. One but of I think Syrah, Syrah yeah. surprises me more. Sorry, that's what I meant. Uh, thanks everybody we might make like one hour of this free and then like the, in the second half hour or whatever 40 minutes or whatever it is make that like patreon but we'll see we'll figure it out but um uh all right thanks guys thanks for coming on and uh watch you on here whenever you want yes please had a lot of fun thank you for having us thank, as always thank thanks for having us again it's always a lot of fun yeah putting us on to clarendon to begin with clarendon hills a lot of love there you've you've yeah. improved our lives just just can't wait. Just can't wait yeah. till we re- can record one of these episodes about Clarendon in the same room. Yeah. Because yeah. then we we certainly can't video that X-rated. <laughs> we can. Yeah. We just won't release. That's it for on the OnlyFans, yeah. 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 Only OnlyFans yeah. patron. Yeah. 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 Exactly. This video will be a live stream, <laughs> and yeah. we can have uh, you know charge just, a lot. We're just right. going live on right. Chatterbait. Yeah. Exactly. That's it.